welcome back to the Bodywise podcast. My name is Ellen and I'm the communications officer at Bodywise. In this episode, we hear voices from the Irish media landscape about how they approach stories on sensitive subjects such as eating disorders. Please note, this podcast discusses suicidal feelings. Hello, my name is Alan Bradley. I'm a documentary filmmaker, a writer and an actor. I suppose I started working with um, sensitive subject areas back in 2019 when I wrote my first one-man play, Grounds for Concern. And the story of that play dealt with the struggles of a GAA player with his mental health. And within that, there were themes of suicidal ideation, uh, depression, anxiety. Um, And with that brought a lot of challenges about how to tell a story in a way that is dramatic and has impact to carry the audience with you but also is safely portrayed um, and accurate um, and sort of to not have triggers for potential audience members as well so so I learned a lot doing that and I suppose I transferred a lot of that learning over to when I was making the documentary Unspoken for RTE back in November 2021 um, and it dealt with the experiences of Irish men who are living with or have had eating disorders um, which was another area that it hadn't actually been done before on screen with Irish men and is tricky sometimes to, to make a film about eating disorders. There's a lot of challenges as a filmmaker that, that come with that. Um, and I suppose when I approached the, the area of eating disorders, in a way it can be daunting. I haven't experienced one myself, so I suppose I was quite ignorant in the beginning as to, to what an eating disorder exactly was. And, and who it affects and how it can affect them. Um, and I suppose I probably held a lot of stereotypes that perhaps many of the people in the public have around eating disorders. So that I had to do a lot of learning to kind of get my head around it all, to understand it in the best way possible. I realised that because I hadn't experienced it myself, I was going to have to do a lot of research to fully understand the the condition in, in as much detail as I could because I think when you're trying to portray something in an hour-long documentary and you're trying to to get across the the experiences people have with the condition I think you have to understand it in great depth so that you're able to explain it simply um, and that you're accurate in what you're putting across so I realised that I, I needed to speak to as many people as possible. I spoke to probably every eating disorder specialist in the country um, who all really kindly gave me their time to sort of explain to me what they see in patients coming into them, uh, what, what are recurring themes, um, what happens all the time, uh, what, what's rare, uh, they also sort of spoke to me about what they'd like to see in the documentary. That was a question I asked all of them. I thought that was important because they're the ones treating uh, people every day and they know what would be helpful to get out there. So a big thing that came up through that was the whole idea of that eating disorders aren't about food necessarily. Um, and that was surprising to me um, from the outside. But as I learned more, it made sense. And they all explained to me how... Oftentimes, um, food is just the symptom of what's going on underneath. So there could be someone struggling with their sense of self, their self-esteem, their sense of place in the world. Um, and then the eating disorder is just a symptom of that pain. 
uh, and, and that to me was quite a revelation and, and something I hadn't realised and I think isn't reported on much uh, when you when you read about eating disorders. Um, so that was something that I was keen to get across in the film, which linked in then with the contributors when we found our contributors who were phenomenal, Owen, Daniel and Cormac, uh, when we were with them, like that was something that I was aware of too. I suppose look for in their stories and see if that was something they felt too which they did uh they all felt that sense in different ways um and i think that came out in the film which i was i was really happy about my name is Anne murphy and i'm a reporter with the irish examiner in cork um i have worked in the echo newspaper prior to the examiner and moved to the examiner in december of 2021 um, in my time in the Echo and now in the Irish Examiner, I have um, done a number of stories in relation to eating disorders. And that started um, a little under a year ago when I came across um, a horrendous story of one person who um, was unable to get funding um, for eating disorder treatment through the health service executive. And she, through a friend of hers, posted an anonymous um, look at her daily life living with an eating disorder. Actually, she has been living with anorexia and bulimia for a dozen years now um, and luckily is currently in treatment. But in order to access the treatment, she and her friends and family ended up having to crowdfund um, and there was a massive reaction to that crowdfunding campaign. In the months leading up to the decision to go public on that campaign, I spoke with that um, person on a number of occasions um, for pieces for the Echo newspaper um, on an anonymous basis. And in November, she decided that she was going to go public um, in a desperate bid um, to help herself. Um, to um, be able to access treatment and I had worked with her um, on the anonymous basis over the um, a previous number of months because I felt that it was the only way to get the story out there um, in order to make people see and realize what people who have um, eating disorders have to go through on a daily basis some of the interviewees story was so horrendous that we didn't um, print all of it but I am very aware of her daily life and it has really um, reinforced the importance to me of highlighting the journeys of people on um, with eating disorders and the importance of showing that the person behind an eating disorder is so much more than a person who has issues around um, food and disordered eating they are an individual too, and they also deserve um, every support that our state can give them, if at all possible. And since dealing with that story, I have spoken with numerous people in the same position who have not been able to access public treatment in Ireland. And there have been a number of um, cases brought to my attention where people have had to travel to the UK. There's also been a story that I've been pursuing in relation to a new eating disorder recovery uh, centre in Dublin, which has been lying idle um, for inpatient treatment for um, over 10 months now, because people who have sought a treatment at the centre cannot get um, state funding to access 
the um, to access the supports that are available there. Hi there. I'm John Paul McNamara. I'm a producer and presenter with C103 Radio in Cork. Currently, I do produce the main flagship chat show on C103, which is the Cork Today Show. It's presented by Patricia Messenger, and we deal with all the issues of the day, the breaking news stories, plus there is a magazine aspect to the show as well, where we would interview celebs who visit Cork, or there's new shows coming to theatres in Cork, and we also have weekly gardening and you know pet segments on the show. So there's a real mixture on the programme, and with that then, you get a real feel for people's views and people's opinions. So how then maybe as a journalist do I and others think about eating disorders and how then would I approach the stories about them? Well, the show I produce rotates around listeners and their stories. And while producing, I'm always lining up the calls for the interviews and always taking incoming calls, which means I hear exactly what the public are looking for and their opinions. Now, many times callers will contact us for help. And when I say this to my friends, they kind of look at me and they say, why would anybody ring a radio station for help? But if you're sitting in a room in your room or with a family and that box in the corner is the voice you hear every day. It's something, and especially if there's a voice that has been on that box since when you were born or is on the radio a very, very long time, you become comfortable with that box in the room, which is at the radio, and you become to trust it. And, you know, recent surveys have shown that radio is one of the highest trusted source of news and information in this country, in Ireland, along with other media sources. So there is a trust there, and people do get to know presenters and those behind the scenes uh, and, and people on, who listen in feel they have a strong connection, which is fantastic to think that and that we can provide and help people. But we do get people who will ring us for help. And that can happen in a situation whereby a family member may ring and be aware that there's a person in their family or in their group of friends who is not himself or herself and may not be aware of what's, what is happening to them, but somebody knows something is not right somewhere along the road. And they'll tell us the gist of the situation and they'll seek help. And because I suppose I'm producing, uh, it's a 13 or 14 years at this stage, you know, you do learn uh, over the years of the type of calls coming in and the type of help people are looking for. So you, you kind of realise what indeed they want us to discuss or raise on the show. And that could be a starting point for discussing or even talking about eating disorders. It's coming from the source, from the person who realises that either themselves there's something wrong or they're a mother, a father, a brother, a sister, a friend, you know, a, a, a godfather, a godmother who knows that whoever they have belonged to them, there's something gone wrong somewhere with them. And the person is dealing with this in a different situation. Now, there's many reasons for eating disorders. We have heard that over the years. Uh, but many family members will try and describe this to us over the phone. And then we realise, you know, what is going on. And that is where a lot of our calls will come from to deal with issues like this. And I suppose for us to cover an issue, you would seek advice from the professionals in, with dealing with this. And BodyWise uh, would be the organisation we would turn to. And I would ring the various people within BodyWise and say, we've got a call on this this is what the person is telling us. Could you offer advice and discuss and open the wider topic of eating disorders and the help that is out there in this country for people who find themselves in a situation like this? 
be that with you know family or friends or whatever the case may be and from people ringing us then there's the situation where uh, something could be raised about eating disorders and this usually when we've covered this is done by a storyline in a soap or a drama and it can entail a a well-known actor or actress within one of those dramas or soaps you know portraying an eating disorder and this will end up people discussing on the street did you watch it either could be Fair City or Home and Away or Coronation Street or EastEnders and so many uh, other dramas and soaps on TV and streaming these days and with this, it's highlighting the situation, which is is great to get to raise awareness out there and, and raise awareness of eating disorders and uh, the, the role that it takes to, to help people as well. But with that in mind, then we would go on to discuss that on air and maybe a caller would have rang in about that soap or drama last night. We would then get a, a professional on air uh, or somebody from BodyWise to talk about eating disorders. And that is where, for us, the stories have come from. It's from the public who ring up with... Uh, they know there's something they want to discuss. They're not too sure what it is. And then it's up to us to uh, chat with them, you know, get the information from their side, being very sympathetic and and speaking to the people that we are talking to on air or off air with empathy. Because uh, while we would be dealing with this a lot and people within professional institutions will be and the likes of BodyWise, a lot of people... Uh, who don't deal with this on a daily basis are unsure where to go and that's where we come in to help them. I'm Maria Delaney and I'm an investigative journalist for Noteworthy which is the investigative platform by thejournal.ie and I've worked there for around two and a half years now and I've had a bit of an interesting way of getting into journalism. I started out doing a science degree and then working in pharmaceuticals for a few years before becoming a science blogger and then a journalist so that's where I am today. So for my work with Noteworthy, most of the stories and articles and projects that I work on actually are people focused and story focused. So I always start by talking to people impacted the most. So in this case, it would be people who are affected by eating disorders. And I would talk to them and see what issues are are people facing? Is it services? Is it treatment? And then I would go on to talk to maybe doctors or advocate groups and more people who are affected by the issue. So it's kind of a similar way I would approach most stories and just talk to them about what's happening for them. This is Michelle Heffernan. I am a radio presenter and radio producer, and I'm also a freelance journalist from Waterford. I initially began writing on a voluntary basis for a local newspaper. Um, I always loved reading uh, articles in women's magazines, particular feature articles, and I wanted to try and do it myself. After a year, I had my first piece published in a national newspaper in 2018. And since then, I've gone on to write for the Irish Independent, the Irish Examiner, Image Magazine and Irish Country Magazine. I love to write about topics that carry a stigma. Um, I love to open up conversations about topics that we might not know a lot about or that are difficult to talk about to give people permission to talk about these things, whether it's to have a conversation with themselves, maybe with a professional who can help them or with a family member or friend. I particularly would focus in my writing on mental health Um, sex and relationships and general well-being. 
When I approach the topic of eating disorders as a journalist, I am approaching it with a very sensitive and nuanced attitude because I have a history of an eating disorder myself and I know how complex an eating disorder can be. I would always consult a professional when writing a piece about an eating disorder because it is important that the appropriate language is used to describe an eating disorder um, and also to ensure that certain stereotypes and misconceptions about eating disorders are addressed. I myself am not a psychiatric professional or a mental health professional and for that reason I would always look for professional guidance when writing about an eating disorder. When speaking to a person who is dealing with an eating disorder or is dealing with um, managing an eating disorder with a loved one, um, I often share my own experience in order to give them permission to say some things that are very difficult or to express some feelings that are very difficult. The most important thing though I do when I'm approaching writing about an eating disorder is to give the editor a piece that underlines that an eating disorder is not about food and an eating disorder is not a choice. There is a common misconception that an eating disorder is an extension of a dietary regime that is adopted by a person in order to achieve a certain body type that they feel is the ideal body type uh, given to them by the media. Whereas an eating disorder is a, an involuntary response to a difficult situation or period in a person's life and it becomes a extremely dangerous and life-changing disorder. It is not anything to do with adopting a different eating pattern or choosing to eat in a different way. Um, it is not a choice and it is a very serious illness that causes severe mental and physical distress and that is always what I seek to underline when approaching a story about an eating disorder. My name is Tanya Sweeney and uh, right now I'm a columnist and feature writer in the Irish Independent. Um, I've been working as a journalist for about 20 years, I think about well, 15, <laughs> 15 years and um, I started off in hot press and I've worked uh, variously in the Irish Daily Star, Evening Herald, Irish Times, uh, most of the newspapers in Ireland really at this stage uh, where I've written mainly about um, women's interests and health and culture. How, as a journalist, do I think about eating disorders and how do I approach stories about them? Uh, it's a very interesting question because, you know, with that comes a huge amount of responsibility. You know, I understand that anyone who has experienced um, eating disorders, whether directly or indirectly, um, it's a very, very heightened experience to read about, uh, you know, in black and white in, in a national newspaper. So I like to think I approach these stories with um, an amount of empathy uh, and sensitivity, while at the same time making sure that, you know, the 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 experience and the emotions involved are, are accurately portrayed. Um, it's, it's, it's sort of, how do I say this? 
it's very important that people who haven't experienced this directly understand the nuances, the complexities of eating disorders, you know, and I think journalism and newspaper features go a very, very long way towards achieving that. I think it's really important to highlight the lived experience because I think it's what allows the audience to connect. I think stats and facts are great and have their place and can really help highlight the issues there are out there and, and highlight maybe particularly issues in the system of, of treating the condition. But the, the lived experience stories allow the person at home to connect uh, it allows them to find the commonalities perhaps in their own experiences um which then may you know push them towards seeking help or or allow them a space to feel comfortable with how they're feeling themselves so i think there's no substitute for the the lived experience i think it, it is the most impactful way of, of getting the story out there and connecting with people um i think it's it's crucial for that I wanted to be very conscious of how important the experience of our contributors was. Um, the three three guys who I mentioned, Owen, Daniel and Cormac, they were phenomenal um, and very brave to share their stories. And they did it very openly um, in very raw ways. Like we spent hours interviewing them and they were very open and honest. Um, and putting yourself out there, I suppose, on television is is a daunting thing to do. So as a filmmaker, I was very aware of how important it was to consider them and how they would feel the whole way through the experience from the beginning till the end. Um, so it was important to make sure that there was lots of consultation beforehand with them, lots of chats between myself and them to, you know, make them feel comfortable what the process would be, make them understand the process, um, answer any questions they had about how it would work. Um, and then also to give them time to consider it all and, and not to push them into taking part. That was really important that they all were just given the information uh, and given time to sit with it and, and see if they felt comfortable taking part. Um, that felt really important to me because I think if you're not going to be telling your own story, it's not my own personal experience and we're, we're going to tell their stories. It's very important that they feel comfortable in sharing their story with you and that then that you also understand their story and are presenting it accurately. Um, so it was important to take the time at the beginning to make sure that we were all on the same page and that it was something they definitely wanted to do um, and they were informed fully on, on the experience. And then I think it was important as well the way we conducted the interviews um, to be aware of making it as comfortable as possible for them. We filmed in their homes, in environments they were familiar with, um, even small things like perhaps being aware that someone who has had or is living with an eating disorder perhaps could be more conscious of their body image um, and perhaps maybe uncomfortable with things like a sound person micing them up and slipping their mic up through their t-shirt and just just being aware of things like that and then just putting in simple little um, methods where we can take the the pressure out of those situations um and just be aware of what what might be difficult for them um to sort of preempt any issues and make it as smooth an experience as possible for them and then i suppose afterwards when we're in the edit as well to make sure that they they know what's in the film that they feel comfortable with what they're putting out there uh and that they don't feel because they're going to feel vulnerable and exposed 
you know they're telling their story on national television but it's to to try and make that as as easy a process for them as possible and, and provide supports um that's something the production company were great with they they offered you know if if any of the lads wanted to speak to a professional therapist ab- about the experience of being in the being in the public eye for the documentary like that was something that was provided as well and i think that that's really really important if you're going to tell somebody's story and put them in a, in the public sphere it's important that you support them through that um and allow them to do it in a way that's safe for them uh when everyone goes home and everyone turns off the tv that that they're still supported uh, in a way that's that's safe and constructive I, I believe that it is extremely important to highlight the lived experience of people living with eating disorders because I think it is an area that people do not realise. They don't see um, the difficulties that a person living with an, an eating disorder goes through every single second of every single day, often for years and sometimes even decades. And that is the scary thing about eating disorders is that um, it's an extremely invasive um, and devastating um, disorder which affects people uh, not just young women but also men and older women people of all ages people from all backgrounds can be affected by eating disorders and it's extremely important that this is recognized um, by our society as a whole we're often asked, you know, why is it important to highlight the lived experience and someone who has themselves gone through this? Well, what it is fantastic to have professionals on air giving their views and groups like BodyWise is they know the facts and facts are very important in situations like we have learned over the last two years of the pandemic. We do need facts and that's why the likes of BodyWise are fantastic to reach out to and they'll give you the information you need and spokespeople to deal with the facts. But people listening, always love to hear another person like them. No disrespect to the professionals tuned in, but having someone that many feel are the same as them at the same level and have gone through it, it gives people a more realistic flavour. And hearing someone that has overcome uh, the soldier, it gives them and it gives someone going through this uh, hope and it also identifies to a person that they have a problem themselves that they might not be 100% aware of. So when you have someone who has spoken openly to us on air about their situation, about their eating disorder, describing what life was like for them and how they did seek help, how maybe their family, you know, approached them and they did not want to listen to their family or friends and eventually they did or eventually they sought help themselves without really going into details that their family helped them how that then can help a person who knows themselves they're going through this or others who realise there is something going on or family members and they do want to seek help and when they hear a person who's been through this it does create more of an awareness and brings it down to a more human nature so that's why uh, having someone on who's been through and lived the experience is so important while it's important to have the professionals on air it's also good to have someone who has been there lived the experience and listeners just see that person as the ordinary person on the street. The phrase goes, the ordinary Joe Soap. And with, with that person on air, they identify with them. And that is as the biggest help as having a professional on. You could always have both on together uh, as well. And, you know, giving both sides of the coin. I always feel it's really important to highlight what's happening with people. Because if you just have 
data or if you have research, it doesn't really um, show what's happening on the ground with people. And, and I suppose when people read those stories or listen to them, it doesn't have the same impact and it doesn't highlight how how this data, how an increase in eating disorders or a lack of beds or a, a lack of services is really affecting people like that they're maybe they're getting worse, they're not able to access treatment. So I think it's always important to highlight what's happening to people. It's important to highlight the lived experience because otherwise the the eating disorder is hidden by the science and statistics. It's important to highlight the lived experience of a person dealing with an eating disorder to emphasize how far reaching the effects of an eating disorder are. It is not solely a problem associated with food and with physical nutrition or malnutrition. Um, It is a mental disorder that causes serious distress. um, And it is also a response to an overwhelming situation. It's important to highlight how an eating disorder can not just affect a person's physical well-being, but how they navigate work relationships, emotions, intimacy, family, friends and all of the far-reaching effects a disorder can have. If people were to understand the lived experience of a person with an eating disorder truly, they might realise that it is so much more than a person who is underweight or overweight and they might understand why it is difficult to help a person who is dealing with an eating disorder but moreover it might underline and emphasize to certain people why it is not good enough that we don't have sufficient services to treat eating disorders in Ireland and why we cannot continue with an attitude that an eating disorder is something that affects very few people and is something that people can simply choose to recover from themselves. It's important to highlight the lived experience in almost any situation. I mean, I, I think it's all very well to um, to to discuss this with experts and psychologists and and people for whom this is their professional life. But you know, I think readers and audiences really connect with people that you know have have had direct lived experience of eating disorders i know myself when i've interviewed people who have experienced um you know anorexia bulimia disordered eating you know it 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 really helps to hear those experiences in in their language and and you know with their emotions intact um, in the story, you know, and I think that's that really connects with people. And it also hammers on the fact that, you know, this is not just a situation that's that's happening in the abstract. You know, it's affecting, you know, ordinary people every day of the week. In relation to the feedback that I have received over the last year since I have been looking at eating disorders, a number of families have come forward with very distressing stories of what they have had to live with. And many people have spoken to me on the basis that I wouldn't even cover their stories, but they just want to um, help me understand the lives that they are living every day, not just the person themselves, but also the family and friends of those around them. And one of the stories that I have done is with the, um, the, um, with the family of somebody 
who has tried to take her own life in recent weeks um, because of um, desperation to try and get help. And there have, have been situations where I've highlighted the experience of friends of um, people with eating disorders to highlight just how shattering um, eating disorders can be, not just for the sufferer themselves, but for those around them. Eating disorders have a ripple effect, not just on the person themselves, but on our society as well. Many people will not realise that the person sitting next to them uh, um, in the office or on a night out may be hiding one of the most disturbing um, parts of their lives from them. And an eating disorder is exactly that. It's an extremely disturbing part of a person's life. And often people may not feel that they can share it with their nearest and dearest, that they cannot share their, their deepest thoughts and anxieties around food. But I think it is time... Um, it is timely now that um, a lot of people are beginning to talk about eating disorders and looking at the, the factors behind it, looking at the fact that it's not just a female problem, a young female problem. It's also something that has affected um, men and older people um, as a whole. Um, it, it's an, an area that we can see is increasing um in commonality unfortunately um and during the pandemic disorder eating became um more and more visible as well in our society yeah the feedback from the public was amazing um for unspoken we kind of were blown away by it and, and didn't expect it to be as large as it was um i think the hashtag unspoken trended for like 48 hours on twitter uh, it was very unexpected um and really welcomed and and i think it was nice to see that people responded so well to the film that they understood the stories and that they they felt um connected enough to the three guys that they wanted to share their voice too um the three lads told me that they've had new like countless messages um from the public um, uh, plenty of them praising them and telling them how brave they are to share their story, but but also messages from other men in particular who, you know, were feeling similar feelings, but perhaps hadn't see, uh, sought help before, or perhaps were seeking help but felt very isolated as a male with an eating disorder. So hearing these three men on television talk about it, uh, sort of made them feel like they weren't alone. Um, there was quite a lot of that uh, and, and also women as well who, who had eating disorders reaching out because of course so much of their story would be so similar too um, so that was really lovely to hear it was very rewarding as a filmmaker to make something that connected in that way because um, you just hope that it will connect and people will uh, find comfort in it find it maybe as a sense of, of strength that allows them to, to go and look for the help that they need um and i think cormac was chatting about it one day with me how if he had have seen this film unspoken a few years previous to where we were when we were filming with him perhaps he wouldn't have gotten to that stage if he had have seen somebody share their experience and particularly maybe the early days of their experience maybe he would have found a commonality in that and realised he could have got helped and in his own words nipped it in the bud sooner um, so you know I think that was a big motivation for him in taking part was to help others perhaps earlier in the road uh, with the condition that maybe they would get help sooner 
and perhaps wouldn't reach to the levels of, of pain that, that he had to go through, I suppose, before he felt able to reach out for help. I suppose when we do interviews like this, what sort of feedback do we get from the public, our listeners, to the show? Well, many will reach out to us and say thanks for highlighting this and creating the awareness. I mean, many who were in a similar situation realise the importance of getting the message out there and then they can be, or we can be contacted by people in a situation uh, or say, look, I'm after listening to the person you had on air I am in a similar situation to her or my son is or my daughter is. And then we will in turn contact BodyWise or give them the information. And it's great then maybe about six months down the road, you'll get a call in the middle of a show when we're discussing something totally different. And it can be that person or the mother of that person or somebody related to them. And they can be saying, hello, I rang you a number of months ago when you were dealing with this topic. I contacted BodyWise. After a while, we went along, we saw people. And because of you sharing that experience on air, we now are in a better situation. And it is just fantastic to receive those calls. So by having professionals on, by having those who've gone through the life experience, that is the outcome. You do end up helping somebody on the other side and it creates a massive benefit to those people listening. So every time that Noteworthy has published a story about eating disorders, whether it's a lack of services and an opinion piece where someone is talking about how um, eating disorders impact them, we actually always get emails in to Noteworthy just from people who are perhaps not able to access services or having a really tough time and I think it's really important when people contact us because it shows to us what's happening and we can try and then work with those people and highlight their stories or similar stories um, so that politicians and other government officials know what's happening in Ireland. When I write about eating disorders or create content about eating disorders, um, sometimes I receive responses from members of the public and sometimes I don't. I think an eating disorder is a very private experience and a lot of people may not wish to name themselves or describe their experience, but are curious to read about someone else's experience. I have received messages to say that my story has been helpful to people and I have received award nominations for my content around eating disorders. Most recently, my article about men and eating disorders was nominated for a headline media award in mental health. But I don't create the content I do to receive feedback or to look for approval or response from readers. Um, I simply hope that the conversations will raise awareness and also give someone important information that they might need in order to begin their recovery or to approach a loved one who may be dealing with an eating disorder. I think it's very important, you know, as a journalist to hammer home that like eating disorders are so complex. You know, there's a huge psychosocial component that is very, very hard to harness within the space of a thousand or twelve hundred words in a newspaper. You know, Um, I like to think that when I've written about disordered eating that, you know, I haven't sensationalized it. I haven't made some overly simplistic links towards, you know, between culture and the personal experience or social media and the personal experience. I mean, I do understand that 
um, you know, for instance, anorexia is not a, necessarily a vanity thing or a looks thing. And it's a, it's a very complex reaction to a, a number of, um, of factors within a person's life. So I, I do believe that it's an area that does need to get a lot of attention um, and a lot of focus, not just in relation to um, highlighting the issues themselves, but also from the state and from particularly our mental health services, which in the which needs to be tackled um, from the perspective of eating disorders, because there is a serious lack of inpatient treatment in Ireland um, for people with eating disorders. Um, it has been well documented that there are just three public beds in our system in Ireland and they're located in Dublin um, and they cannot even be accessed for people outside of the CHO area that they are located in. I think there's a, a lot of talk and a lot of discussion uh, about experiences and people who speak out about experiences they have you know, gone through and the, the help it provides to people and the, the forthcoming uh, of people who are listening who want help and, and you know they will come when they hear someone speaking about an issue. But recently, people would always associate eating disorders with women. And that has changed over the years because we've had men contact us when we've been discussing eating disorders. In the last few years, we had one guy who was just 22 years old and his life had basically gone upside down. But he came on and he spoke about how he overturned his life around. And that led to other calls from men in a similar situation. So it just shows that, like my last example, how things can turn for people. And I feel with social media growing and the way that everyone has to look perfect on photos these days from, you know, your hair to your face to your clothes there is going to be further pressures on people and we have heard calls about filters on social media sites to be marked more you know if in use but you know these pressures it would seem are around to stay so it's very important for people to watch out for your loved ones uh, for your friends and if you think something is wrong just ask the person because you may be giving out or they may be giving out to you for asking but in the end, they will respect you for asking, is there something wrong? And as we do feature more on social media these days, I think we'll have to look out for more and more of our loved ones as appearance, unfortunately, is becoming a bigger thing online. And the more people that talk about it, uh, the more help, hopefully, they will receive. From a media's perspective, I think it's really important that people with eating disorders and other health conditions keep coming forward because otherwise stories go under the radar and nothing improves. I think overall there is a, a large misconception about eating disorders and I think when eating disorders are discussed in media, sometimes uh, the agenda of the editor or the publication um, is to have clicks or to um, create a shock tactic and for that reason the editor or the journalist might look to focus on some of the more extreme aspects of the behaviours associated with an eating disorder or the physical results associated with an eating disorder. And for that reason, the uh, less understood but more common eating disorders are ignored. There is a focus on anorexia and bulimia because, first of all, of certain celebrities that were associated with these illnesses, um, but also because they make for more colourful stories. It is very difficult for a person with no awareness of an eating disorder to understand why a person might starve themselves or purge. And it creates a, a freakish nature to the story. 
um, which the editor might find uh, will draw readers in and excite them. In reality, most eating disorders are affecting people who are not severely underweight or severely overweight. I think that if there was less of a focus on the quote-unquote exciting parts of anorexia and bulimia and more of a discussion about how eating disorders present in people with very normal weight and how to distinguish between a diet and a disordered behavior around food or a disordered pattern. I think that there is very little awareness in general in Ireland about the criteria that qualifies uh, a psychiatric diagnosis. I think that there is little discussion around the DSM and there can be a lot of self-diagnosing or mislabeling certain behaviours. Um, if a person goes through a week where they don't eat a lot, perhaps because they're grieving or because they've had a difficult time, it does not mean that they have an eating disorder. Similarly, if a person eats the same thing every day, it also might not mean they have an eating disorder. It's very important to understand the difference between an eating disorder and a lifestyle choice or a period in a person's life where feeding habits changed for a short time. I think also the emphasis placed on the influence of the media and celebrity culture is misplaced. Um, and needs to take a backseat to discussions around eating disorders. It's very easy to blame current beauty standards for eating disorders, when in reality, a person does not get an eating disorder because they want to look like a certain celebrity. A person does not get a mental illness for a superficial reason. Um, a mental illness is the body's way of coping with extreme distress and is a response to a particular period in a person's life it is not based on a choice to look a certain way or to act a certain way we cannot use that as the, we cannot focus on that as the reason for eating disorders I think overall there needs to be a multifaceted approach to discussing eating disorders there needs to be an admission that there is so much that isn't known there needs to be a lot more training available to help professionals about how to manage eating disorders um, and I think that there needs to be more of a discussion in society about relationships with food. What is the difference between eating and an eating disorder? What is the difference between an eating distress and an eating disorder? If only the focus that we give on dealing with the problem of obesity um, had the same, if only we had the same momentum in focusing with eating disorders, um, we might save a lot of lives. Um, but ultimately, I think there's a link in everything. I think that we have a poor um, relationship with food in this country. And I think that there, there really needs to be quite a nuanced um, and informed approach to helping people recover from eating disorders and to help our population have more of a healthy relationship with food. I interviewed Ivana Lynch earlier in the year, you know, and she obviously wrote a book that I thought was a very sort of, um, you know, definitive text on the eating uh, disorder experience. You know, I mean, she talked very um, eloquently and with a very clear eye about her illness. 
And, you know, and even at that, you know, she, she even though she was incredibly eloquent, you know, she was aware that um, there was a number of complexities involved in her, in her condition. You know, I think speaking to someone like that, you know, really helped to deepen my own understanding um, of eating disorders. Although, you know, I will say that I wouldn't I wouldn't say it in any way that I'm close to understanding the full complexity of disordered eating at all. You know, I think, you know, journalists have a very, very far way to go in that regard. And, you know, agencies like Bodywise do a fantastic job on, you know, providing us the language and providing us the vocabulary and the, you know, um, the information that we need to write about this responsibly. I think um, often with eating disorders, you as a filmmaker or as a journalist, you can perhaps feel a bit daunted by the subject area. There are so many kind of things you have to take into consideration when you're reporting on it. Like there's um, so many things that could potentially be triggering that, you know, that you don't want to do. You don't, you don't want to make something that's not going to help. Um, so in, in ways, sometimes the eating disorders can be a bit daunting to report about. But I think what I would say is not to be afraid of it and not to be daunted by it because it's so vital that we do talk about these things and we do provide and platforms for these stories to be told. I found that within the eating disorder community, um, you know, specialists, um, psychiatrists, psychologists, um, people who've experienced eating disorders themselves, everybody was so open to give me their time to share with me advice, share with me their learnings, um, so that I can make the best film possible. Um, so I think, you know, there are so many people out there who will help you get the story out there, who will tell you all the things you don't know. <laughs> um, they will guide you in a way that will allow you to to do it uh, in a way that is is helpful. Uh, and I think, yeah, I would just say don't be afraid of it and and go for it and, and help get these stories out there. It was really helpful for me as well in making the film um, to look at the guidelines that Bodywise have on their website for media. They're really clear and concise um, and sort of highlighted for me, I suppose, the way that sometimes in the past, in particular, eating disorder reporting can be a bit sensationalised, can focus on things like weights or um, behaviours and, and things that maybe aren't helpful and could perhaps be triggering. And I think the Bodywise information sort of set out a way in which to approach it that is more helpful, constructive and can kind of move the conversation forward um, and I spent time talking to Barry in particular at Bodywise, who gave me loads of advice as to, you know, what would be helpful from a media point of view as well. So they're a great sort of resource there to tap into if you are looking into uh, reporting on eating disorders. If you've been affected by anything you've heard today, please know that our support services are available to you at any time. You can reach our email support on alex at bodywise.ie. You can access our media guidelines via our website or in the show notes. We have also linked to Samaritans in the show notes. Thanks for listening.